Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Welcome back to the Dominion Podcast, episode number 47. We are going to count last week's update as a as a full episode. I don't want to have to start putting decimals on all no. the descriptions from here on in. No, you just won, man. <laughs> <laughs> We're already juggling a lot here. <laughs> that one extra decimal, <laughs> 0.5, that's the straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah? yeah Good week so far? Yeah, it's. I mean, you know what? I, I can't remember at all. That's... Yeah, Short-term memory busy is... Busy week. Well, when people ask me, how's your week or weekend, there's nothing in my brain from it. Yeah. So I don't know why. I just can't remember. Hmm. You but would I'm actually here. have to sit and think for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. That's all right, though. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. No. Yeah. Well, welcome back. I'm uh, one of your hosts, Jeremy Boyd. And I'm Alex Klusterman. That's right. We're really happy to be with you here again today with our new video setup. Upper which, 40 Studios. looking, hopefully looking great. Yeah, at the Upper 40 Studios and... South End, Peterborough, South Side, <laughs> represent. I don't know something. I, I think can't. you actually had it the first time. Yeah, yeah. so it's, it's it's an S. Get it? There we are. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, people are hard down here in the South End of Peterborough. <laughs> they are. Where did you go to school again? Did you go to PC? I went to Adam Scott. Oh, Adam Scott. Okay, Collegiate and Vocational Institute. Yeah, yeah. Whatever that means. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> I think it stopped being whatever that is a yeah. long time yeah. ago. <laughs> it was probably that when my father-in-law went right. to get, you know, skills to get yeah. him into the trade. Yeah. I think that's what it was all about. Right. It's more like the school for the metal shop kids. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Where You went to Crestwood. Uh, Crestwood. That's too bad. Crestwood was like the <laughs> West End. It was funny because it was West End is like the ritzy part of town, but yeah. it was also the country kids. Yeah. So is all the football players. Yeah. 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 You guys always had a pretty good football. Oh yeah. We had the best. That's right. I didn't play those. So I say that as someone who can't claim any victory. Did you play any of the sports in school? I played soccer and basketball. Okay. Soccer and bath, the two sports I would not have imagined you playing. I would, I would have guessed football or hockey. Yeah. Yeah. Did you play hockey? No, I didn't. Hello. Did your voice just go out there? All right. We're back. We're back. I don't know what that was. We got some type of malevolent spirit up here. Yeah, we're talking about superstition this week, and that happens. Yeah. Yeah, we are talking about superstition. That will play into what we're talking about. That will. Well, I guess this will launch us right into our our thing. What are we talking about this week? (laughs) We're talking about- What does it have to do with Genesis chapter three? Yeah. Well, I I thought we would talk about the, uh, the rise of superstitious- um, behavior and thinking in our culture. Mm. And I think a lot of people don't realize just how prevalent this is. Uh, if, if, if people think through, I mean, the narrative that we were taught in school and that people are constantly conveying is that we live in a rational culture. We live in a culture that is governed by reason and, uh, you know, our methods of discerning reality, science being the chief among them, is the chief among them. But I don't think that's actually the case. And, uh, you know, over the last couple of years, um, one of the more striking features of our culture's response uh, to the pandemic is... Uh, it, it basically displayed superstitious characteristics, hmm. not reasonable or rational characteristics. And so the, the story that people have is, you know, the world was very superstitious back in the day, and then the Enlightenment happened, and we all of a sudden abandoned our superstition and replaced it with human reason, right. which this, has been governing us since. Yeah, I mean, that's just a, just a complete 
falsehood. It's, yeah. It's not true. No. It's like saying that, you know, before Christopher Columbus, everybody thought the world was flat. Yeah. It's one of those things that people just believe, but it's got no basis in yeah. fact or history. Yeah. yeah. And and I mean, just on its face, um, reject it. So when they say superstitious, like when, when we talk about the world as being formally superstitious, I mean the the definition of superstition is a an un an irrational belief in the supernatural. Right. We could summarize it as that. But even in that definition, what's interesting is um, the presupposition is that the belief in the supernatural is irrational. Right. It's it's not just as though there's a it's not as though there's a rational according to them a rational belief in the supernatural. I like your definition though because we would say there is a rational belief in the supernatural yeah and and i would even want to really parse that what do you mean by supernatural because right. even supernatural is presupposing a, a view of a natural world yeah that, i feel like that's one of their words that's yeah, one of their <laughs> words it's like we believe that the transcendent and the imminent go together we believe right. that this world is a is a sacramental reality um, in that everything here points to something else is a reflection of uh, something that is transcends all of this. And so within every natural thing, so to speak, there is in this world is also the, the transcendent, you know, and in the sense that it has meaning and purpose and it reflects something beyond itself. And so when, even when Christians talk about the supernatural, we want to, it's like, we're kind of using their, terms and their assumptions about the world. But let's it's kind of a shorthand for things you can't explain. Things you can't explain. Like yeah, the way we would say, you know, instinct is how we you know how we know birds are able to fly yeah, south for the winter. But, instinct. We but, just we just don't know. But when you talk <laughs> then you realize the role that science plays in this and that kind mm-hmm. of thinking is that the only rational way of thinking is a scientific way of thinking because right. the scientific method is the only way of observing what is real. And if the scientific method can't observe something, then it can't be real. And therefore, to believe in that is to be irrational. Now, no scientist actually lives like that. No. Because you can't live like that. So I I love the example of... Um, uh, birthday cake you yeah know, a woman bakes a birthday cake and the scientist it, it, you know if you were to ask them what is the meaning of the cake and they mm-hmm. say well it's made up of frosting and then there's these other layers underneath and each layer is this middle layer is made up of flour and egg and all this and you're like well no i didn't ask you what it was made out of or i didn't ask you to describe it yeah but i asked you what is the meaning what's it for why was it baked yeah right and those are questions that science can't you can't answer that question and so this is why i find it it's so funny when you hear these atheists talking about uh well we don't need religion anymore because we can explain the world and what they're saying is because we can describe how it works we don't need to know why it's here yeah which makes no sense well they're saying that there's only one framework through which we need to discern reality yeah and that's just actually a very shallow reductionist view of the world. And they don't live like that again. And they don't live like that. But this falls apart in several ways. I mean, furthermore, the scientific method itself, if we want to define that as, you know, the methods of observation and the testing of hypothesis to discern what, you know, what we observe, whether it is true or real or or things about it, um, that's all good and well. But that process presupposes metaphysical realities about the world, namely its constancy, its coherence, its consistency. Like, there is no scientific method, there's no process of observation unless the world is a certain way. Like, and it's it's a certain way that remains that way. Otherwise, there's literally no testing. If you say, well, I do this experiment and this ball falls at this rate per second to the ground, that means nothing if the laws of the universe change. If it's going to be different tomorrow, then yeah, it actually means nothing. Yeah. That the whole process is totally unreliable and meaningless. Yeah. So even even the scientific method needs to assume things that itself it itself can't prove can't prove yeah. they just have to be true yeah and reason is the same way when you think philosophically um, 
reason can't prove apart from using reason that the world is a rational place, you know, that the, the, the laws of thinking and the laws of non-contradiction, the rules of logic, you know, we have to assume those things mm-hmm. are the case in order to even think rationally. It's like they're starting the argument halfway up the chain. Yeah. Right. You have to go further down. Yeah. But they like starting it there because they think they can do away with God if they start it there. Yeah. But they're really not doing away with anything. So then we circle back to the connection between reason and the, su- the supernatural. Let's just say the transcendent. Reason and the transcendent. Um, there is no contradiction between reason and the transcendent. Uh, in fact, you you need the transcendent in order to have a basis for reason yeah. and rationality. And this is this is this is kind of the irony of that the narrative that says the world used to be just superstitious and then it became rational is very pompous. It's very arrogant, yeah. and it also betrays a very narrow minded. Um, an ignorant view of history and people as if no one before the enlightenment thought rationally or something. Yeah. And it also ignores facts like after the enlightenment, things like alchemy became very popular. Yeah. Um, even spiritism. Yeah. Uh, astrology, tarot cards, all that stuff sort of was birthed out of, you know, Oh, the occult, the occult exploded. When you think about um, Masons and you think about these groups, that we're promoting, you know, human knowledge on one hand, they're promoting mysticism and they're promoting occultish type of things as well. They're blending it in to one. And C.S. Lewis says in, I believe it's in Screwtape Letters where he's talking about this. He says that this is the outworking of a purely rationalistic worldview is you end up with this scientific mysticism. Yeah. Inevitably. Yes. Yeah. And so, and there's a there's a bunch of reasons for this, the scientific mysticism. And that's, I like that phrase. That's what we've seen the last two years. Yeah. Um, one of the shifts when you reject the transcendent is the locus of authority. In, in other words, who gets to determine what's real, what's true, becomes the individual. But if the individual all of a sudden is the is the locus of what's true, not something outside of us and above us that speaks to us, condescends to us, reveals to us. If it's us, then how can I be an authority and you be an authority at the same time? Like we, if we contradict one another, that's actually an irrational thing to say that we can both be right. And this is why you see in the sciences. So what, what ends up happening is appeals to authority, right? It's like, well, this is, yeah, uh, I've got a peer-reviewed paper. Yeah. Right? Yes, or reviewed. credentials. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm a, I'm an expert, right? And it's like, okay, that is helpful in as much as your particular field of expertise and your knowledge um, lets you interpret and gather information, you know, that is true. But it's not true because you're an expert. It's not like automatically true. And the, the irony is that that way of talking about health officials, scientists, is actually more, more um, it's like a shaman. It's like they're shamans. Yeah. It's not actually an enlightened, rational, evidence-based um, way of thinking about things. It's actually just a very base, primitive, superstitious way. You are our high priest. You tell us what's true. That's why our politicians can, can literally contradict themselves. They can say, like, this is not the case, and then tomorrow say, this is the case, and no, and, and so With, few people. Yeah, without uh, a smirk on their face either. Yeah. Like, there's no shame. No. Because they're saying, well, at yesterday, we thought this was true, and it was true, and today, this is true. But people go along with it because it's an appeal to authority. It's yeah. a superstitious way of thinking. It's the same reason people listen to the village shaman. It's exactly the same. Mm. So... Basically, we're describing um, a humanistic worldview that that sort of makes rationality and reason its base principle. Scripture has another idea about this, and essentially, I mean, essentially, if you if you take anything that's halfway up this ladder and you make it the base thing, you're going to end up in folly. 
So what does the Bible say? Like, where should we be starting as opposed to reason then? Revelation. Right. And so the basis of all human thought and rationality is revelation. Right. And um, that is a transcendent being, namely God, speaks the truth and reveals the truth to us. Mm-hmm. And by that truth, we we can think coherently, rationally. I think Van Til is the one who said believers or unbelievers are constantly switching between uh, rationality and irrationality. Like their worldview, their framework, it's not as though unbelievers can't think rationally. It's that they can't yeah. consistently think yeah. that way. They can't base their conclusions in anything real. No. Yeah. So at some point, there's, there's just going to be something that breaks down. But, you know, popular thought is that faith and reason, for example, are the antithesis to one another. Yeah. No, that, no. that faith is believing something that isn't true and reason is relying on what can be seen. But it's not actually irrational to form conclusions based on what you see. Yeah. So you you deduce from these things that if this is true and this is true and this is true, then therefore this must be true. And faith, while we trust what we don't see, um, it is based upon what we do know. Yeah. Faith is not a blind step in the dark. It is a, an awakening to the light of the truth. It's trusting. Well, it's trusting in God's promises based on his actions in history. Yes. Yes, it's based it's trusting what you don't know based on what you do. It's like God has done this and this and this and this and he says he's going to do this. So I'm going to believe him because he was not lying about all this other yes. stuff, right? It's it's not <laughs> irrational, it's entirely rational. Yeah. But not in the way that a lot of people think about reason. They think re- again, they equate materialism and reason. So if I can't see it, can't taste it, can't touch it, can't test it. In this narrow particular way, it's not real. And to believe in that is therefore irrational. But we right. want to say, whoa, 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 whoa. There's more ways of discerning what is real. And um, and in fact, our understanding of how you, you know, even using the scientific method relies on those things. Yes. So. And in their, sorry to interrupt, but no, in ahead. their method, in that empiricist ideal where it's yeah. like only things that can be touched or smelled or tasted or whatever, um, why would you trust the, your senses? Yeah. There's no, you have no basis for trusting your senses yeah. other than faith. Yeah. You believe, you know, you are the one experiencing your senses. And this is one of the reasons you end up in that mysticism because yeah. you end up having to trust your own feelings yeah. and your own experience. Yeah. Skepticism was, in one sense, a reasonable response you know, to these things, like to say, well, okay, I get it. You you know, you want, you want to be able to test hypotheses and you want to be able to discern truth claims. That's, that's cool. But, but you're not thinking deep enough about that. Yeah. Empiricist. Like, how do you know that what you're using to test those things is accurate? Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, we've, we've tested this tool a million times. And what have you observed that with your mind? Yeah, and how do you know that you are real? Like, and in, the, in one sense, it seems absurd, and it's, but it's it's yeah. like it's not an irrational thing to ask or to point out that look, all of us are not are ultimately are relying on first principles that we don't prove. Everybody does. Everybody does. So we need to yeah. stop saying if you have a, a if you have a belief that can't be proven through reason, it's false or irrational yeah. or superstitious. It's like no, 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 no. Because that would mean that. the that would mean the 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 rationalists have the same problem. Yeah. So. So to look at, I want to look at a couple examples of where this yeah rational worldview um, can't explain yeah. those principles. The first would be, um, even if they're let's let's say all their observations about the universe, the age of the universe, were correct. I don't believe they are, but let's say their observations and their conclusions are correct. Yeah, and we can go back all the way to the first nanosecond after, you know, the Big Bang or whatever. Yeah, they still can't explain anything before that, and they don't even bother trying. Yeah, it's it's a and it's. It, that and what I'm trying to get at is that this whole human reason 
is is governing us is actually a crock. That's what I'm getting at. Right. And I want to push back at this. We Christians surrender reason to the materialists while we have faith. It's like, no, 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 no. We have reason and they don't have reason. Yeah. Okay. And and let's just get that let's just get that really clear, you know? Yeah. How did the how did the world begin? You know, it's like, well, there was a big bang and what caused that? Where did the stuff come from? Yeah, where did the stuff come from? It's like, well We don't care. Even <laughs> further back, it's like, well, the, where did that come from? Well, maybe there was another universe. It's like same problem, bud. Just kicking the it's can like, down the road. Yeah, it's like, well, where did that universe go? It's like this yeah. is this is not a this is the the end of reason, as yeah. Schaefer said. And um, so the other the other example I would use, and this is uh, I think an even more powerful one, is uh, the example of moral moral right and wrong. Yeah, you know, given their first principles, there is no reason why anything is right or wrong. Yeah, and try as they might to come up with some basis for it, they simply can't. No, and you end up with. Um, well, for the greater good of the most amount of people. And it's like, well, what's good? You can't yeah. even, you know, you have to be able to define what good yeah. is. They can't do that. And so operating from a rationalistic standpoint, you don't know whether you should love your neighbor or eat your no, neighbor. No, There's really no basis for it other than we all know because we have consciences given yeah. to us by God yeah. that we shouldn't do certain things. Yeah, and, and, and they used to be like, people were more honest about this. Yeah. You know, now it's, it's, it's people pretending people are very moralistic without having a basis for it. So, yeah. So you see the moral relativism, you see the, um, you know, the skepticism that's coming in from a purely rationalist perspective. And what we see is a rise of superstition. And this is a grand irony. It's like, I thought according to the progressive story that we left that way back. It's like, no, 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 no. What we did, when we abandoned Christ, is we abandoned the only foundation for reason and coherence. Yeah. This is what Colossians says, in him all things hold together. And in John 1, that he is the Logos, like Christ is the one um, in whom we live and move and have our being. Like yeah. all things were created by him and for him and through him and to him. Like We have to start with that. Yeah, there's a, which the, one of the effects of this is that there's a consistency and a coherence to reality, which serves as the basis for for scientific inquiry and rational conclusions. Mm. But you, you can't throw that away and try to keep reason. Not on a rational basis, you can't. And so, I mean, I've, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I'm not on Netflix a lot, but there's so many movies that have to do with the occult. Yes. It's like Teenage Witches is the new thing. Yep. It's that there's uh, even even horror films uh, have trended toward the supernatural. Yeah, right. It's not just like axe murder anymore. No, it's it's spirits, witches, uh, especially witches. There's a lot of that. Yeah, Ton- New on. Age is huge. Yeah, it's like, well, hold on a second here. I thought we were the. Uh, I thought we moved past that. You know, it's weird how accepting people are, are of it, and even uh, friends. You hear, I hear friends say all the time things like. Uh, you know, the universe is going to give me what I need or, yeah. you know, just, just praying to the universe. It's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> ironically a very base, primitive, superstitious view of the world. Yeah. And, and this is what we're actually reverting to that. Yeah. But in, it belies the fact that they have a knowledge of something transcendent and they're trying to place it within a framework that doesn't have room for it. Yeah. Right. They, they've been brought up to believe that rationalism is the way reason, uh, materialism, humanism. And now I have these urges for transcendent things and I can't fit them in. Yeah. What do I do with that? Yeah. Well, it's just going to go off the rails. Yeah. Right. Because you've now you're, you're trying to worship something and you've told yourself there's nothing to worship. So there's like a cognitive dissonance in their minds. And and the irony is it is irrational. Yes. So the end of rationalism, not rationality, rationalism, when you make that God, when you replace um, the transcendent creator God and his revelation to us, you replace that with, with human reason alone, you actually lose reason. Yeah. And, and we're just seeing that played out on the ground. This isn't just like we're up having this philosophical conversation, like this is what happens. This is where it lands on yeah, the yeah. ground. 
And, uh, you know, I just, I had this experience I told you about when I, I went to the Ministry of Transportation to renew my license, which Doug Ford recently reimbursed me for. So that's nice. I got some checks in the mail too. Yeah. Thanks for giving me my money back. Not voting for you. Yeah. But, uh, we'll take it. (laughs) I'll take my money back. Take my money back. (laughs) And, um, you know, I'm not wearing a mask. And the funny thing is in the government, they don't make you, they don't make you because they know the law. Yeah. (laughs) They just want everyone else to believe that you're not allowed to. Anyways, at the end of probably a four or five minute, you know, a conversation, um, with the, uh, clerk, we're almost done. She says something like, I just, I'm just wondering why you don't wear a mask. And I, I looked at her and I kind of smiled and I was like, oh, I'm just not superstitious. And she was like <laughs> so perplexed. And and it, uh, my point to her, which I wasn't trying to braid her or anything. I was trying to make a point. It's just like, what you're doing isn't rational. Yeah. It's like COVID particles, this big. Your mask, this big. Think about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Take your mask off, blow on your glasses. You see that fog? That's the size of COVID part. It, there's, there's no controversy here. There's, there's nothing complicated. There's no secret wisdom that only the experts can give you. There's no secret study that you don't know about that they do. Yeah. There's nothing to it that the cloth mask does not prevent aerosol particles from passing through. Go tell everybody. But the fact that people do it anyways actually shows their abandonment of reason. But the, they yeah. they think that I'm the one who's weird and crazy, yeah. and they're the ones who are scientific. But when I'm trying to drive home, and I don't know if this is being clear, it's because the way they think is superstitious. When they say science, they mean authority. They yeah. mean the boss. Which is... Which is weird too, because they don't—they're not actually following what the scientists have said. No, because now that in Ontario, our scientists have said it's okay to take the mask off. Yeah, people are still wearing them. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah, why? Yeah, I thought we were following the science. Yeah, well, but I guess we're not. Well, even Teresa Tam came a couple of months ago when, when uh, what's what's Omicron was ripping through everybody who was yeah. vaccinated in three masks and. Um, she had to come out and say, yeah, masks don't work. N95s aren't even entirely protective. A respirator is really what you should be wearing. That's a rational thing to say. Yeah, it's crazy, but it's rational. Yeah, it's like, that's <laughs> rational. But what this lady and all so many people, and what my concern has been, is not a differing view on masks. That's not the issue. It's a setting aside of reason and rational thought. Um, and replacing it with a superstitious appeal to authority. The way that people relate to health bureaucrats is the way they relate to shamans. Yeah. 100%. And I'm not being hyperbolic. Yeah. It's like, no, no, they promised me safety. They promised they'd keep me safe. That's the same as the guy being like, I want crops this year. I'm going to bring a chicken down the, do a couple huts and he'll perform some ceremony. I'm going to sacrifice my child. It's, it's the know? exact same kind of <laughs> yeah. thing. It's like, is that even a rational thing to do? But it's like, I don't even have to think about it. They told me and they know. Well, what if they tell you something that contradicts? It's like, they know. It's like, oh. Yeah, it's, it's a faith position. Yeah, we're no, longer, we're no longer governed by reason here. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what you're trying to get at is when you claim to live by reason, you end up not. Yeah. The only way to have reason is to not make it the basis of your thought. Yeah. So I'm going to read... Proverbs 9, um, 9, 10. Uh, We all know this verse. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Scripture is plain all the way through. In order to have uh, a true outcomes, true conclusions, you have to start with God's premises. Yeah. You can't start with, uh, with man's premises. Because what we see in the rationalism is what we've essentially done is elevated human uh, perception to the place of uh, an infallible uh, position, I guess. Yes. So, like, the things we see and taste and touch and smell are infallible, and we can trust them completely, and we're going to base everything off of that. And yeah. like you've just shown, that doesn't actually lead no. to 
what you think it would lead to because because our senses aren't infallible. They're trustworthy and they're sufficient. So not only are they infallible and trustworthy, but they're enough. This is all we need. So the Christian believes that the human beings possess a capacity to know things in this world, including their minds to, to rational thinking. And, and to a degree, everyone engages in some form of rationality every day. Yeah. Like, if I do this, it will hurt me, so I don't do that. Um, but the problem is that we arrogantly assume that that's all we need to know about this world, or all there is to this world, is what I observe that way. Yeah. That's not a rational claim. That make There's no yeah. rational argument for that. B doesn't follow A. No. So yeah. that, that is an assumption you're making about reality. Mm-hmm. But this is why Proverbs says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Because it's actually about a posture that doesn't place ourselves in the position of God, but right. places ourselves beneath God, needy and dependent on Him. And, and humble. And humble. Recognizing our own infallibility, recognizing our own sin nature, which yeah. distorts our senses. And just, yeah, our creature, we're finite. Yeah. Even apart from sin, we're, we're just creatures and we need him to speak. But once you do that, it's not as though your world gets smaller and you become more superstitious and focused on weird things. Your vision is expanded so that by God's word and through that lens, you can see and interpret everything rightly and yeah. coherently and rationally. Yeah. And this is why uh, the scientific method and science in general uh, exploded to such a degree in the culture that it did. Yeah. Because it exploded out of a Christian culture. Yes. Uh, we I, we were both reading some Francis Schaeffer yeah. uh, getting ready for this, and I was listening to Escape from Reason. And uh, one of his points is you would not get what we have now uh, with today's uh, assumptions. No. So if if you know if we didn't have science and we were in the culture we were in, we would never make it. Yeah. It would just be that superstitious shamanism, like you're talking about. Yes. You need the Christian worldview to get that stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah and and uh, we need to be aware of these things because it's going to have massive effects on on our lives and the lives of our friends and family and children. When you realize. Like, what would change about your daily life when you realized that increasingly there is a probability that the person you talk to at the counter who does your finances or your doctor or a nurse or someone you rely on expecting that they think rationally is not actually governed by reason? And this is what Peter says. I want to read this text because this is what the Bible teaches. Second Peter 2 um, is a great text that talks about the irrational nature of unbelief. 2 Peter 2. And especially those who indulge in the lust of defiling passion and despise authority. So they're controlled by passions, which a rationalist doesn't really have a category for. Passions and desires. Right. It's thinking, but it's, no, no, we're not just brains. Um and they despise authority. This is a rejection of authority. So hold on to that. Bold and willful, they do not tremble as they blaspheme the glorious ones. Whereas angels, though greater in might and power, do not pronounce a blasphemous judgment against them before the Lord. But these, these unbelievers, like irrational animals, creatures of instinct, born to be caught and destroyed, blaspheming about matters of which they are ignorant, will also be destroyed in their destruction. Hmm. The image that Peter gives of unbelief is not of enlightened people governed so strictly by reason. It is irrational people totally dominated by their instincts like animals and their desires. Just enslaved. This is is what's happening. So we're not actually... And the two last years have really exposed this. We are not a culture that is open to honest debate, that is honest about evidence, that seeks to um, engage in careful argumentation. We are a culture that is increasingly base, irrational, instinctual, authoritarian, authoritarian, driven by our passions. 
And all of this is a symptom of unbelief. And the solution to this, as, as always, is a return to Christ. This is why I'm, I'm so passionate that we, that we, I'm jealous that Christians recover reason. I'm jealous that Christians learn to say that this is ours. Yeah. You know, this is our Father's world. And this is, this is a capacity that He has given us. And the grace of Jesus Christ, when He sets us free to see, um, expands in us. And apart from Christ, you lose that. You lose that. You fall into authoritarianism. You fall into... Um, instincts and desires and passions and irrationality. And and a lot of Christians are still in the dark about what's going on. Mm. You know? It's like, no, no, no. They they're the rational ones. They're the experts. Like that's just not the case. Yeah, don't give that ground up. Yeah. Don't yeah. give that ground up. And it, you know, if you want a good example to keep in the front of your mind to remind yourself that there is no rationality in that worldview, just look at what we're seeing with the transgender stuff. Yeah. Like not even be able to define what a man or a woman is. Yeah. Yet at the same time say that, you know, a boy can be a girl and a girl can be a boy. It's like this is this is the height it's of It's a literal contradiction. It's a, and nobody cares. No they're one fine, cares. they're fine with it. So hundred percent it's at the end of reason. If you've heard that that Matt Walsh uh segment where he's on Dr. Phil the, the guy, his interlocutor, like the guys he's arguing with, um, I think they're actually women. I can't remember which, yeah, but they were transgender. And uh, so they, like they, you can see they don't even have a category for the plain truth that he's trying to get across. Because it doesn't matter. But they're, tr- it's like they're trying to work it out, but they're like, that doesn't make sense. You know? Yeah. And if it, if it, well, you want me to define what I just said? Well, I don't need to do that. Why yeah. I, yeah. Because reason doesn't matter. The right. contradictions don't matter. And um, I think apologetically, we need to be thinking about this too. It's yeah. like, we've been part of the, even the church buying these enlightened narratives. It's said, oh, I guess we better brush up on our rational arguments for the unbelievers because they're all rational yeah. and they yeah. care about reason. And I guess we should get some really smart people to convince them. It's like, that's not the case. No. And, and, and by doing that, you're kind of surrendering the ground. It's like, Hey, uh, rational thought is ours. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and let's actually, this is why I like the presuppositional method. It's like, well, let's look at inconsistencies. Let's look at uh, contradictions to your you, um, way of thinking. Can you describe what you mean by presuppositional method, just as for any of the people? Yeah, the that... presuppositional method, as opposed to saying, you know, the Evidential. evidentialist method or something. Um, We're talking about apologetics. Apologetics so. or how you, how you defend your faith to people and explain it. An evidentialist approach, you know, in layman's terms, would just say, well, look, look, look at this. Let's look at this together over here. Let's look at this thing about the world. Look at this clock. It couldn't have come from nothing. Yes. It had to have a clockmaker. And and draw a conclusion from there, yeah. you know, to infer to God. And I there's think a, there's a place there's for a that. place for that yeah. because this is our father's world. Yeah. Uh, but the presuppositional approach is helpful in a number of ways, and it recognizes that there are necessary and inescapable assumptions that people make, all of us. Yeah. And um, in one sense, anything you say that is true is leaning on assumptions that you can't account for and that only Scripture can account for. So presuppositional apologetics is seeking to discern the assumptions that all of us have in the things that we say. So every argument is relying on unspoken and assumed beliefs. And this is, this is just true of, of every argument and every worldview. And one of the benefits to a presuppositional approach is it's really easy. Do you want to learn it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's play. Um, okay. Let's play. Uh, I don't believe God exists because bad things happen. And if God exists, uh, he's either evil or he doesn't love us or he's just not there. Why? 
<laughs> that's it. I just that's, they, they, that's a presuppositional says approach. Says who? Yeah, it's like says who? Why? Yeah. How do I, you know? I mean, and a good response to that would be, yeah, why? Like, but what do you mean by evil? Yeah. What do you mean by good? Yeah. You're borrowing my principles yeah. about good and evil. Yeah. According to your worldview, we're all cosmic accidents with no meaning and purpose. Yeah. So what are you talking about? So you expose people's assumptions and you yeah. make them try and give an account for them. Yeah. And inevitably, apart from scripture, you can't. There will be a rational inconsistency. Um, so I forgot why I started talking about presuppositional apologetics. Um, I can't remember why you started talking about it. You, it just you, I think it just came up and you said, this is why I love the presuppositional method. And then I asked you to, to describe it. Yeah. It totally derailed your yeah, train. Yeah. That's okay. But um, anyways, we, 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 these are important things. It's not just a, I know we've talked a lot of, you know, kind of ideas in this podcast, but it's super practical. Yeah. Like this is a way that a lot of people are starting to think. And have been for a long time. Yeah. One of the things that struck me uh, rereading that Schaefer, uh, Escape from Reason, yeah. is that he makes the point that uh, you know, he's writing to a Christian audience that grew up with a relatively normal Christian worldview, I guess you could say, in a, yeah. in a culture that was m- sort of Christian, mostly Christian. And he's saying, we need to learn the language. It's like we're going into another country. They're speaking a whole different language. They have yeah. a whole different set of presuppositions. You have to understand those or you can't communicate with mm-hmm. them. And this is why there, there's such a, a disconnect between the generations now is because yeah. uh, the younger generation really thinks like you're talking about. Yeah. And they got, they got no category for, for what we're talking about. So we have to find a way to explain this truth to them Uh I guess <laughs> from inside their worldview, we have mm-hmm. to find a way to explain that to them. Mm-hmm. And it's not a it's not a rational worldview is no. where we're going. We think about the transgender stuff, when we think about the COVID policies. This is not a world, despite what they say, governed by reason and science. It is a world that is governed by human emotion, passion, instinct, and appeals to authority. Yeah. And it's only going to get to be more like that. Yeah. But uh, it's helpful to point that out to people. You know, it's like gently and in love asking people to actually defend their positions. That's not something as common these days. Yeah. It's like, what are the reasons for that? Remember, because we're all reasonable. Yeah, reasonable people. Like, what are those reasons? I mean, one of the things I noticed in the last couple of years is every press release from a politician was full of assertions and not evidence. Yeah. But most people listening think they're hearing evidence. They've got, sorry, you didn't hear any evidence or argument. You heard assertions. Yeah, you heard Pravda. You heard uh, talking points and, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's like, what, what are the, what is the, rational basis for those conclusions what are the rational arguments that they are making what evidence has been given to you and there has been none and people didn't think for like two years to ask doug ford to ask our to ask our local health officials like can you present any evidence like literally any evidence and ironically you know what they rely on the closest thing to evidence they rely on um projections what are they what are the projections the graphs yeah the uh, um, yeah, they're made off of computer models. Modeling. So it's like, but what's a computer like model? Modeling like- <laughs> isn't evidence. It's not real. No. Like it serves a limited purpose, and it yeah. could. But it's it's, it's like only as good as the as the pres- the presuppositions you put into it. Yeah, and it's it's amazing. Yeah. Like that in itself is almost a character. Like that's yeah. a that's oh, a picture of what we're talking about. But I put the numbers into the computer, so it must be true. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's like that's a really that's a it's superstitious. The, it's the oracle. Yeah, yes, <laughs> the computers. Yeah, like going to the oracle of Delphi. Yes. I got my here's my two goats. And yes, a hundred percent. Yeah, we go down to the oracle. Our shaman in the village. We give them some goats and we ask them to roll the dice and the bones and tell us what's going to happen. That that's what the modeling is. Yeah, yeah. And funny enough, I don't. Do you think it goes? This goes all the way to the top, or do you think people are just using this for political ends? They're using this sort of blind faith in authority. Well, it's it. Well, 
this is an interesting conversation. Once you do away with reason, all you have is power assertions. Right. And so, and Second Peter talked about it, the same people who are irrational animals, um, they reject certain authority. But but the, when you reject authority, you claim it for yourself. So the rise of authoritarianism is totally related to the rejection of reason. Because no longer it's like, do you have the authority based on your capacity as a human being and the law, transcendent laws of nature and, and, and rationality and then the transcendent God above those things, can you discern what is real? You don't have that power. You don't have that authority. I'm the one who has that authority. And you remember the 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 New Zealand psycho premier oh, yeah. came in? She's yeah, like, yeah. we tell you what's true. Yep. Yeah. And it's like a bold face. It's like, just straight out there. Like yeah. It is the anti-enlightenment. The yep. anti-enlightenment. And what you have with the rejection of reason is the consolidation of authority in an expert class, in, in a power class. So it's it's not this isn't a philosophical thing. This is very practical. This has to do with the kind of medical treatment you're going to get. This has to do with the way that politics is going to be done moving forward. It's not going to be based on debate. It's not going to be appealing to reason. It's going to be based on assertions. We don't have politicians. We're going to have high priests. It already is that, that way. That's what we have. Yeah. And it's going to be more and more and more and more this way, mm. apart from a revival. And yeah. return to Christ. Yeah. But it's amazing that with the gospel comes democracy. And, and democracy is not a perfect form of human governance, but it comes with a renewal of um, our understanding that people have a rational capacity and have a measure of personal authority and hmm. can discern the truth as well. Um, when, you, when you do away with Christ and the gospel... It is. It's just. It's just a fact of history that that goes away. Yeah. You know the, the the totalitarian regimes were atheistic, are atheistic, and and that's not a coincidence. Mm-hmm. It's a. It's perfectly consistent. Yeah. And um, so I think Christians have an opportunity, and practically we need to we need to the, be the ones appealing to argument, appealing as Paul says we. We um, commend ourselves to each other's conscience and the sight of God. And Christians don't play games. We don't just try to play politics. We don't just appeal to authority. We rationally appeal to the scriptures, Mm -hmm. to the revelation of God, and we seek to persuade other people and pray that God does a work that they can... um, perceive what he has spoken to be true. Maybe one of the tactics we could use is to actually try and show people what the what the outcome of their beliefs has been in the past. Yeah. Or, or even like people have very short memory now. Yeah. And so it's hard when you're being lied to constantly. But if we can show people, hey, uh, they promised you this and you got the exact opposite. Yeah. Um, that that could be a way for enlightening people, and we we talked about this uh, beforehand. That even things like the sexual revolution, um, feminism, things like that, they all promise something, and this is why they I read, didn't this, deliver. Yeah, they promise something that they just can't deliver on, but people still love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like the sexual revolution promised, like you know, basically unfettered sexual pleasure, and we got you know sexually transmitted diseases and and broken homes broken homes and and all sorts of pain and suffering but people don't connect the two mm-hmm. they don't say well that that bad thing happened because of this and mm-hmm. so I should stop doing that well, it's probably Trump's fault though, it's probably yes. Trump's fault yeah and that this is why I read Genesis 3 right mm-hmm. so you've got the the serpent is promising something to Adam and Eve and to, to Eve who is deceiving and uh just can't, a he can't deliver on it. Yeah, it's almost like uh, when he's tempting Jesus mm-hmm. in the wilderness and he promises him all the kingdoms of the world. It's like yeah. those aren't yours to give. Yours yeah, to give. Yeah, <laughs> you're just lying. Yeah, you can't, you can't deliver on that promise. Mm-hmm. I mean, the answer to all this is Jesus, right? And that's the encouraging thing. I grew up thinking that it's a I have to choose Jesus or reason. 
Yeah. Right. It's either I have to think rationally and and be honest with what I look around and see, or I got to close my eyes and jump off the cliff. Yeah, and yeah. that's just that's just patently false. And um, we need to hold fast to God's word and trust in His Son. And what that does is that makes us the most rational creatures we could ever be. Hmm. Very true. Very true. Well, that was a good discussion. It was. Yeah. Um, what are we going to talk about next week? You got I don't any know. Ideas? Maybe if there's a listener who wants to uh, ask a question. I'd like to circle back and talk about the God's law, the army, yeah. that sort of thing. Um, maybe we could do a, a multi-part series on that. Yeah. Hey, maybe Andrew DeBartolo is going to be back in town. DeBartolo. The, the Bartolo. <laughs> from from Bartolo? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, what uh, what are you reading? What do you got on the go? I'm reading, I'm still reading the Space Trilogy by C.S. Lewis. Oh man, I love the Space Trilogy. Yeah, I, I slowly am plugging away. I'm reading a book on training my dog as well. Okay. And uh, trying to figure that one out. But yeah, the Space Trilogy, it's... Which was, one are you on? The third I'm one? still the first one. Oh, you're on the first one. I was really skeptical. Like, I'm not into, um, like, what do you call that? Sci-fi. Science fiction? Yeah. yeah. It's not really sci-fi. It's kind of... It's not. That's why sci-fi lovers don't like it. Okay. And that's why I do like it. Yeah. But real, like, a lot of Lewis fans don't like it because it's not like his other stuff. Huh. So he's kind of straddling a line, and a lot of people just can't stand it. Yeah. Especially the third book. Oh, he had this great line where he said, the guy was squinting when you looked at the planet, and... He, he observed, or the narrative was kind of like, oh, I, I shouldn't even like, uh, but basically <laughs> he couldn't see what was there because he couldn't make sense of what it was. Yeah. And he, he, he observed that you kind of need to know what you're looking at in order to see it. And I was like, yeah, that's actually true. When your mind doesn't know, has no reference for what you're looking at, you can't really see it. Yeah. You know what I'm trying to get at? Yes, I know exactly. It was just a little observation. I was like, that is classic Lewis. Like it wasn't a big part of the narrative or anything. It was just it was just like one of his little nuggets. Yeah. That altered my mind. Huh. Yeah. It's true. You- I've I've heard stories about um the natives in North America when the Europeans first started coming. Right. If they'd never seen a boat before that big, they recalling it later in life. They would like say, "I just didn't know what I was looking at. I just yeah. and I don't. It was just like a cloudy image, right? It's like I have nowhere to put this in my brain. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. What are you reading? I'm still in the PG Woodhouse right now, nice. along with the other stuff that I've been talking about. But uh, yeah, just just loving the PG. Great, it's good. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll leave you with this. Looking forward to next week. That's from First Corinthians uh, chapter two. We'll. Leave you with this. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. We'll see you next time on the Dominion Podcast. <laughs>